Welcome to Branch Out, a connection builders podcast, helping middle market professionals connect, grow, and excel in their careers. Through a series of conversations with leading professionals, we share stories and insights to take your career to the next level. A successful career begins with meaningful connections. Hey everyone, welcome to Branch Out. I'm your host, Alex Drost. Today's guest is Kurt Wilkin, co-founder and chief evangelist for Hire Better, your strategic talent partner. Kurt and I talk on the topic of resiliency, and it's something that I think we have all need to have the right mindset around. We are in a time where we are facing challenges that we have never seen before, and I really enjoyed the conversation and the thoughts that Kurt was able to share on how to maintain a resilient mindset. I hope you all enjoy. Connect and grow your network. We are on LinkedIn. Search for Connection Builders. Kurt, welcome to Branch Out. Excited to have you here today. Alex, I am so excited to be here. I love what you're doing with this podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, talking to our listeners for a minute here, I'm really excited about the conversation that Kurt and I are about to have here. Our topic for today is resiliency. And I think in now, in today's world, and, and at the time that this podcast comes out, we'll be somewhere around nine months into the the post-COVID world here, a world that is, has been affected by COVID. And we've all had to live through our own version of resiliency. And we, I think we've all learned a lot about ourselves in the last few months here. But I, I would love just to start the conversation off. And Kurt, if you could just share... What are some of your general thoughts on resiliency? And then we'll take it from there. You know, I'm a big believer that the mistakes that we make is what makes us who we are. And it's the the winners in life are not the ones who never get defeated or never fall on their face. It's how you respond afterwards. So I'm a big fan of resiliency, persistence, getting your back up off the mat and fighting again. Well, and, and that's common, right? A lot of people will say that. And it's very easy to say that. I don't think anyone can argue that point. But when you're living in the moment, it's a lot harder, right? It can be a lot harder to keep that positive mental attitude. Now, you over the years have had your own series of challenges. What have you done to make sure that in the heat of the moment, you're keeping that mentality? You're reminding yourself that, yes, this is a challenge, but I'm going to come out of this in a better place. Well, I I think part of it, as you said that, I I reflected, and I think it's because of in a leadership position, you can't take a woe is me, hide in the closet mentality. You have to take a, we're going to get through this mentality, or you're not a leader and you're never going to be successful. And so I think that's maybe part of it is I realize people are watching me. My family's watching me. My team's watching me. My clients are watching me. And so it, it forces me to perhaps be more courageous than I really am. Well, and in courage, is, is, it's a great word to bring behind this. It, there are many times that we have to be able to step up and, and do the challenging things. But, you know, again, I'll, I'll go back to, especially now in COVID, everything's everything's changed. And, and many people are hurt in a, a very negative way by this. And whether it be from a health standpoint, financial, emotionally, there, there are a lot of ripple effects and damage being done. What would you say to someone that is, you know, for example, if you're a CEO right now running a business that that just got crushed by the COVID and everything that happened in this country, how would you reflect on that? What would you recommend someone in that that role be thinking about? Well, as uh, anybody who's followed any of the stuff that I've been doing on on LinkedIn and whatnot, it's it's first of it's it's about survival, right? And so I don't want to go back necessarily back to March, but it's all about survival. How can I survive the pandemic, whether it's personal, health-wise, or business-wise? Then, once you've battened the hatches and, and made enough runway with cash 
to figure out how you're going to extend the runway. Now I'm a big believer in starting to look to go on the offensive. How can I leverage this pandemic to make changes that perhaps I needed to make anyway to come out of this stronger? Maybe it's personnel decisions. Maybe it's a business model. Maybe it's a retail space that you wanted to get out of the lease. I mean, there's different things that there are opportunities that are coming out of this to make yourself leaner and meaner, if you will. No, and, and listen, let's just take it not just purely from a business standpoint, but I just think every aspect of life, you're, you're so right there. There are opportunities to one, reflect. I, I think we've all found ourselves with a, at least a change in lifestyle that has offered an opportunity for some some more downtime or some more reflection time built into our life that maybe we didn't have before. And then to really question, okay, what was working before? What wasn't? And how can I improve upon that, right? That's a great point. A friend of mine, when this all first started, he he made a comment that still resonates with me. He said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to re-examine everything, whether it's your personal life, how you're spending your time with your family, friends, or business, or to your business, re-examining your business. So that's a great perspective. It's sometimes easier said than done, if I'm being honest. In my own case, you mentioned uh, last week, I stepped aside as CEO of, of Hire Better. And part of that is because I've been contemplating that for years. I'm not the best CEO. I'm a, I'm a damn good founder. I'm a pretty good evangelist. And so that's where uh, we're putting me in that role where I'm really good at what I do and I get out of the way. And my, my partner, Cisco Sacasa, is running the organization. So it's allowed me to, to make that shift, if you will. Well, and I think that's a really good example here where you sit back and say, you know, COVID that while, while as much as that was something that was on your mind and you were thinking about doing it, COVID presented an opportunity for you to really do that, right? And, and COVID, and, and again, whether it's COVID or any other life impact or anything else that, that happens to you, those negative things many times present really big opportunities on the other side that you never seen coming, right? That's absolutely true. And that probably gets to your point of resilience. We're making the best out of a, a really a challenging situation and we're going to come out of this better than before. So, you know, in that same example, I've been talking about for years, taking this message from a, what I used to say, a coffee table or a lunch table between me and you, you know, networking. I know that's a big part of what you do is networking. How can I take that message from a one-to-one to one-to-many? And to be candid, I've been too much of a wuss to really do much about it over the last call it five plus years. But COVID has gotten me out of my comfort zone. You saw that I started doing LinkedIn Lives. I started writing articles every week. I started doing things like this. I've been, you're probably tired of seeing my face or hearing my voice out there on LinkedIn uh, by this point. But it's really gotten me out of my comfort zone and allowed me to, to spread that message of what we're doing at Hire Better. So I think there's a really key point I want to dive in there, your comfort zone. And in talking to our listeners, it, when, you, when you think about your comfort zone, and I, I'm a big believer, you are either in your comfort zone or you are in your growth zone. And because growth takes discomfort. If growth was easy, if moving forward and improving your life was something easy that just naturally happened, then everybody would be doing it. But that's not the case. It does take discomfort. And sometimes that discomfort is self-decision, right? I'm going to, to take take these steps and and go into the discomfort, put myself out there, be on stage talking or go to the client meeting, go to whatever it might be. Other times it happens to you out of your own control, right? And, and COVID's an example of that, but there are many other examples where that happens. Reflecting back in your life and in your career, 
do you ever see moments or can you think of any moments where maybe at the, the time that something happened, you're like, wow, this is awful. And then when you really reflect on it now, fast forward a handful of years or whatever it might be afterwards, you're saying that's the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, it's, it's usually the case that that happens. You've heard the stat that most very successful companies start during a time of economic downturn or turmoil, and that's no different in my case. I, I After the dot-com bubble burst, I worked for a dot-com, and we went belly up, and I had a, a new baby and a new wife and, and a no job, and you know, I started consulting to make ends meet, and, and my company that I started ended up turning into a, a $20 million professional service firm that we ended up selling a few years later to Tatum CFO. So I'm a walking example of how you take a negative and somehow you turn it into a positive. I didn't know I was doing it at the time. At the time, it was just about survival. If you reflect back, I, I probably look a lot smarter than I really was. I was just desperate at the time. This is Branch Out, a Connection Builders podcast. Well, so let's talk about some of the mindsets there, right? So you're in that moment and, and you know, bring yourself back to that, that desperate moment, that time of challenge. What were the mentalities or what were you know, the stories you were telling yourself internally to keep yourself going and moving through it? Man, I had a, a brand new baby. I had a wife who had just basically given up her job at Ernst & Young, which is a, you know, a pretty well-paying job. And I had to make ends meet. Failure was not an option. That really... Man, talk about if you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and you have no job, that's the best time to to live your dream and go be an entrepreneur, that's for sure. The failure is not an option. I, th- I think that's a really good mantra for, for all of us to carry around and recognizing that failure, what is failure, right? When we really ask ourselves, what does that mean to fail? And I'm a true believer that no matter what, it, you can make all the mistakes in the world so long as you learn and grow and become a better person on the other side, it's not a failure at all. And what you step back and tell yourself is, I don't have the option to quit. I don't have the option to fail in the sense of I'm going to just throw it in and stop putting effort into this. Rather, you just have to keep plugging forward. And you don't know where that's going to go, but you have to keep plugging forward on a constant basis. You know, that's a great way to put it, Alex. Maybe it's not failure is not an option, but quitting is not an Mm, option. I like that. Because I failed many times during that period (laughs) and I just learned from it and made the right adjustments and perhaps some wrong adjustments too. But at the end of the day, it then ended up being a wild success. But quitting was not an option. Now, of course, maybe trying to find another job was an option. And trust me, I tried uh, during that period. But it was you know early 2000s in Austin, Texas, D- Dallas, Texas, not a great time to be looking for a, for a job. Well, I, I like a lot of how you, you frame that there. It is, it's the giving up is not an option and and throwing the towel in is not an option. And to your point, maybe your path changes. Maybe you thought you were going to do something and you ended up not being able to do that because whatever happened. But as long as you are continuing to strive to that next level, I think it it takes you a long ways there. Now, I want to shift here for a little bit and staying on the the same topic, though, I I think there's an article you put out that had a really great quote in it. And this came from Jim Stockdale, who was a, a U.S. Navy vice admiral who was a, a prisoner of the Vietnam War for seven years. And the quote that he says is, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality 
whatever they might be. Can you share some of your thoughts around that and really let's unpack that a bit for our listeners? Yeah, it's it's a great concept. And to be honest, I heard it several times early in the pandemic, but I didn't put it all together until about two months ago. And what that says to me is you've got to be confident that you're going to get through this. So people say, well, Kurt, you're always so confident. Well, you've got to ex- exhibit that confidence and you be courageous. At the same time, I have no flipping clue how we're going to get through it, right? But if I keep marching, ultimately, we're going to get through it. And that's that's the faith that I have. Hmm. You have to balance that with the reality that you're in a shit show. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, man, this is a desperate time for a lot of people. And so the reason that's important that you balance it, because as Jim Stockdale said in, in or at least Jim Collins talks about in the book, Good to Great, he says that some of the prisoners of war were the optimists and they were the worst affected. And here's why. The optimists were, oh, we're going to get out of this thing by Christmas. Trust me, look, bear with me. We're going to get out of this thing by Christmas. They're going to release us at Christmas. And they ended up being in there for six years. And, and the optimists, the way that Jim Collins or Jim Stockdale makes it sounds, that the optimists started dying pretty soon there after Christmas because they were just deflated. Hmm. And if you fast forward to today's day with the pandemic, I think we all expected this to be three or four months, right? It's let's lock down three or four months. We're done. Let's get going. And 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 the optimist said, "Hey, let's let's do it." And we started sprinting because we're going to bust our ass to make it happen. Then that three or four month passes, and instead of twelve weeks, it's twelve months or twelve years. Mm-hmm. Then we start hitting a oh crap, we hit a wall. And you would the number of CEOs that I met with during that let's call it June July time period where there was just a funk, a malaise, a depression, a you call it what you will, these folks were hurting. And because they had been charging so hard for three or four months, now they realize this is not a sprint. It is a marathon. It's been a test for resilience, that's for sure. It's also been a test for self-care. I know that's not the topic of today's talk, but make sure you guys take care of yourself out there. Well, let, let's go into self-care for a minute, because I, I actually do think that ties into resiliency a lot, right? I mean, it is part of resiliency is being able to continue picking yourself up and moving forward in what you're doing. And if you as yourself are not in a place to do that, you're going to you're going to fail at that. It's going to it, or it's going to be that much more challenging for you. So on the topic of self-care, what would you recommend, right? Everyone's a busy professional. Everyone has a lot of things on their plate. There's always, I, I, I can't tell you the number of people I talk to that just say, if there is 28 hours in a day, I would be fine, right? I think we all feel that way in some some level. But that's not the fact. The reality is we get 24 hours. We all get it and we all have demanding workloads. How do you bake in a level of self-care? How do you make sure that you yourself are staying in a good place? You know, before I hit the wall myself, I was redlining myself in June. Before I hit that wall, I also convinced myself if I just had 28 hours. <laughs> the reality is, even if you had 28 hours, there's always work to do. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be more email to pound through. There's always going to be another agreement or whatever. And so the approach I took, right or wrong, the approach I took is I've got to carve out a couple of hours a day. It might be during work hours, work hours if you're, you know, as you, many of yeah, your what listeners those mean. <laughs> exactly. It might be between eight and five and it might be at, at seven or eight uh, in, in the evening, but I'm going to carve out a couple of hours. So I might go take, I might go take a call while I'm walking. I might just go walk. I might, it's so easy on, when you're on back to back to back Zoom calls to just go back to back to back, but we've got to take some 
time to go be away. That work is going to be there whether you leave or not. My encouragement is just just go do it. Just go spend five minutes with the meditation app. I started reading a couple of James Missioner novels, and I'm still working on them. It's a thousand pages, but it's just a break from the monotony of this pandemic. I took up tennis. I started going to the creek with my dog and walking through the through the woods with her. I mean, anything to break up the stress of dealing with trying to run a business in uh, in this pandemic. I think that's such an important point. In talking to our listeners out there that just say, I don't know how I would ever do that. I have way too much on my plate. There's just no way I could find 15 minutes to meditate or find an hour to go for a walk, whatever it might be. And for those listeners, if you are someone that finds yourself in that position, and and listen, I find myself in that same train of thought from time to time, and you have to pull yourself back to reality and realize that if you don't change, if you don't make those things happen in your life, they're never going to naturally occur. And all you are going to do is continue to deteriorate your own mental health, your own self-condition, the way that you feel. You know, th- this goes a little bit talking on Stephen Covey on, on the, the seven habits of highly effective people. And, and one of the key themes coming out of there is the PPC balance, the production versus production capability balance and recognizing that we all, especially as a professional, we have a huge focus on the production side of that equation. This do more, get more done, get more work done. And, and to your exact point, Kurt, there is always an unlimited supply of work. I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen the bottom of my Outlook inbox. I don't even know if it exists anymore. That's the reality. But if you don't focus on that PC, the production capability sides of things, you're never going to be able to continue to improve your effectiveness and the impact that you can make. And part of that is taking care of yourself. And I think, you know, tying it all back to resiliency here, part of being resilient is being able to keep yourself moving forward, even when you're not in a good place, even when when things aren't going really well. And the way you do that is taking care of your own mental health. That's a great point. I had uh, Kit Rich, who's a, uh, a fitness guru to uh, the stars and, and important people in Hollywood on one of my LinkedIn lives a few months ago. And she said, look, you take care of yourself. You want to take care of yourself long-term. The way you do that is start taking care of yourself today. You can't put that off. And so even if it's just a, again, the smallest thing that you can do today, use the pandemic as an excuse. That's, that's what I did. It's a great excuse, right? You need some, some, a break. Everybody, your team, if you, if you're an employer and you have members of your team, they need time. Everybody needs self-care. This is Branch Out, bringing you candid conversations with leading middle market professionals. I think in in another thought that's coming to my mind here, this idea of they need time or we all need time. We all need a break. And and one thing, and again, this by the time the podcast is going live here, we're going to be roughly nine months into COVID. So I think most people are going to be adjusting to what life looks like. But I also think for many of us, the work at home situation will still be in effect as we go into this fall. And one of the things that I noticed very early on with the, the work from home environment there weren't boundaries. And it was very, very easy to just keep working, to not have time, to not have transition between things. And that's something that you have to be intentional about and take control over and make sure that you are carving out and framing that time in your day. And, And as a leader of an organization, no matter what position you're in, as a leader of people, you also need to make sure your people are carving that time out and you are creating that environment that is conducive for that. 
part of that is is uh, being open and honest with them that that it is something that they're allowed to do. Give them give them uh, grace. You know, the first three or four months we were in this, everybody on, on my team, and I'm sure most of your teams were balls to the walls making it happen. Yep. And then we realized we 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 need to enforce breaks for them as well. And we did some of that with you know fun Zoom games or whatever. But some of it is just telling people take Friday off and don't call in type of thing. Well, in this, I would love to get your reaction to this. So you as a CEO, and I, I would, again, say this to anyone who's a leader, regardless of your title or position within the firm, if you have people that look up to you as a leader and that you have influence over, if you believe, if you truly believe, which I very much do, that taking care of your mental health and finding that time is a fundamental aspect to not only your success, but to your resiliency, to to every aspect of your life. If you believe that, you have to model it and demonstrate it. Because if you just say, hey, I want everyone to take time off, but you're burning the candle at both ends and you're never taking time off, then what's everyone else going to do? That's a great point. I'm not the best example there. So. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I do try to take time. And I think it is, you're right. You're giving them license to take care of themselves by doing that. And going back on what we you know, started this this topic with around around self-care, that 15 minutes to meditate or to walk or to whatever is going to make you so much more productive because it's amazing what your mind can release during a meditation or a walk. But then you, you, you get to brainstorm the deep thinking type things that come to you during those moments that you wouldn't have come to if you just pound an email. So there's productivity that you're going to get out of taking some time. I couldn't agree more. And listen, well, let's tie this back to some of the resiliency, right? So put yourself, you're, you're in the middle of COVID here. We're in the middle of a, a situation where our life has been changed. There's always work to be done. You're busy, busy, busy. Your mind is spinning. You're just having a hard time getting everything done. And listen, th- this is a feeling. I can say this with passion because I feel this myself a lot. And what I recognize with myself is at some point, you get to this level of diminishing returns where my brain is just spinning. And whatever I'm trying to get done, I am, my effectiveness has fallen off a cliff. I know I'm not getting things done. So now it just feels like I have more on my plate and I'm slowing down. And what I have personally found is that's the moments when it's most important to go take that time. That's when I need to get up and go for a walk or I need to go leave the office for a couple hours and do something else. And I'll jump back on later and knock it out, whatever it might be. And and listen, I understand client demands, different cultures and different firms. That's not always possible to drop what you're doing in that moment. But when you find yourself having that internal dialogue where you're just saying, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get this all done? And, And where your brain is spinning, that is the sign that you need to slow yourself down and bring yourself back to center. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I'd, I'd be inauthentic if I said that I was perfect at that. I, you know, the number of times I've fallen asleep sending emails is uh, I'm embarrassed to, to say, but no, you're, you're right. And, and if you can wait until you're fresher, you're going to send a much better, well thought out note to your client. That's for sure. No doubt there at all. So Kurt, parting words here for our listeners. If you could step back and say, okay, you've been through .com, you've been through 0809, and now you have been through COVID here, and 9-11 as well in that that pattern, what would you say is the, the number one lesson that you've learned as a leader to remain resilient? What is the one mindset or the one habit or the one thought that you would say every leader should be doing to remain resilient? I'll tell you where I was going to go, and I may have to rethink this. Where I was going to go was, maybe because I'm a servant leader, but but connect with others. 
And that connection, and I think that is my answer, connect with others and not in a way to sell. I know many of your folks are in the biz dev world. They're there to sell, but they're also there to develop relationships. You don't sell without a relationship. So reach out to others, care for them, check on them, serve them. And in a way, I did that and I was able to serve myself because I was with a peer group and with others that were in a similar situation. So we were able to get through it together. And ultimately, sales come from that, but that's not the initial goal. The initial goal is community. I think that's so well said. And when you talk about community and connecting with others, and obviously we at Connection Builders, we have a bias towards that. It's a lot of what we do here. But I I do very much believe that if you carve out that time, build that community and find ways to help others, that's how you will succeed in the long run. It's really, it's frankly selfish of yourself when you are doing that because it's self-serving in the long run. There's no way around it, right? Now, you have to approach it from the mentality of I genuinely want to help these other people. But all the way back to our topic of resiliency, if, if you're in a position where you're staying positive, you're moving forward and you're helping other people along the way, good things will come. It may not seem like it in the moment. It's life is hard. There's no way around it. Life is really challenging. But the more you continue to have that mindset and focus, the better things will get for you in the long run. I love it. Very well said, Alex. Kurt, I I really appreciate having you on here. I appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts here with our listeners and looking forward to doing more of these together in the future. Appreciate it, man. Truly my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in this week. Share this podcast with your professional network to help others connect, grow, and excel. Like what you hear? Leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe now.